Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Welcome, and yes, as the intro said, this is Cindy Meyer with Spirit Seeker Magazine. We've been published for almost, well, it's like, and we're in our 17th year, and um, it just amazes me each and every time uh, when we're working on an issue, which of course now we're working on our April issue. The magazine is distributed as a print magazine all throughout the Midwest. We are in Chicago, Illinois, Kansas City, Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, all throughout those three states, and we um, are also in parts of Arkansas and we put the magazine as many places as we possibly can. So during the month of April, uh, or actually let's start with March. Next weekend we will be at the UMKC Expo in Kansas City. Uh, Then Spirit Seeker hosts their own uh, holistic conference on April the 6th. It's the 28th event of this nature since 1996 that we have put on. And then we will also be at Earth Day the end of April in St. Louis. We will be in Arkansas at Dolores Cannon's UFO Conference in April. And that's not even all the other events we have planned. We are a sponsor of BhaktiFest coming up in um, Wisconsin in June. So all of that is what we do, and we've been published online for 15 of our 17 years, so we have readers all across the U.S. and into Europe, into Canada. We have interviewed over 400 people in the different um, in the past few years since we've had the radio show on this platform. So the beautiful thing about this show is that it is a podcast. So today when I was feng shuiing a fitness studio uh, and they wanted to find some kind of a continuous loop to put further people to hear about health and wellness, the one of the owners said, oh, you should put some of Cindy Meyer's podcasts on. She's interviewed these top people in wellness and spirituality, et cetera. And so here, here I am talking to the other gal working with her private office, and then I go out into their waiting room, and I'm listening to an interview that I did, you know, two or three months ago. So people that aren't able to listen live listen to these shows at their leisure. They download them. We're, we're iTunes podcast, and we know how many listens we get. So we know you're listening, and we just really want to thank people for helping get the word out. So I'm doing all my little blah blahs at the front end, and then we go are going straight into our fun show. What I want to add at the beginning is this: if you want to know about when the radio show is happening, if you want to know about Mind Body Spirit events all throughout the U.S. and into other parts of the world, is where we're going with this. Please, please, please send us an email to info, info at spiritseeker.com. We will add you to our email newsletter. That goes out every single week. We let you know who the radio show guests are. We let you know when the magazine's online. We let you know the featured articles, and we're switching to WordPress with our website. Had my first lesson tonight. And um, everything is changing for Spirit Seeker. We're going into the new technology of the, the new future. Um, and it's time. So info at spiritseeker.com, just say please add me to the list. We do drawings for tickets. We do drawings for readings. We do. You, there's lots of goodies for being part of our sacrosanct email list. Okay, so that's it. We're finished with that. Now we are going 
to my guest this evening, who is John Tuhawks. And John Tuhawks is this amazing, amazing, amazing man. He started playing the Native American flute at five years of age. He has been nominated for so many different awards. Um, he's been awarded for, or nominated for a Grammy and Emmy-nominated Platinum Award-winning recording artist. He's been featured in movies by Fox Searchlight, films by HBO, and programs um, on the History Channel. He is a bona fide world uh, new Age Alternative and Native Flute Music Visionary and Pioneer who has pressed the envelope and taken the boundaries of music to new levels and new heights. I am so delighted to have John as my guest tonight, and he is our major featured you know, musician at our April 6th Expo. So, John, are you there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am, Cindy. Good to be here. Oh, my gosh. We've known each other a while now, and you know, I just, my heart just um, opens and you can hear it. So thank you. Thank you so much for all you're doing for so many. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you're a recording artist. However, <laughs> your parents, you know, were young when they had you. You grew up, you know, like with parents who, I mean, what what was it like at age five when all of a sudden you're so musically inclined? I mean, I mean, I just want to hear what your childhood was like, because if if you would just indulge us, because sure. um, let's just go there, and then we'll move move to present time with all that you're doing. Sure, that's great. I was telling uh, I was telling my wife Peggy that um, this uh, I, this uh, interview is is going to be great because it's going to be an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you know. Most of the interviews I do are with uh, kind of mainstream uh, sources, and mainstream is in a hurry, you know. <laughs> Always, yes. Yes. So uh, it's nice to be able to have a few minutes to kind of, you know, really kind of sink down into things a bit, you know. So I appreciate your uh, asking me about my childhood. Um, you know, I'll start off with just, you know, you mentioned about being uh, born to two very young parents, you know, and that was true. You know, my mother was 16 years old, and and uh, she never finished school because of me, you know. And my father was quite young himself, you know. He was only a few years older than her. And, and you know, uh, I was kind of the one that kind of, I think, made the decision that they needed to get together, you know. And it only lasted six years, you know. So they, after, when I was six, they split, they split up, you know, and went their separate ways. And so it was, it was a rough, uh, rough go, you know, the first five or six years um, were, uh, you know, they were tumultuous even though my mother and father were together, you know. Um, but, you know, one of the things that was always around was music. And my father was always playing the guitar and tinkering around with things, and my mother was a singer. She sang, she had a beautiful voice. She used to sing me to sleep when I was young, and they 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 were always fiddling around with music and, and so I heard it all the time and there was always music playing on the on the phonograph and I was always walking over there to listen to that speaker and I distinctly remember looking into that speaker when I was little and wondering how those people were inside of that box <laughs> oh. when I was about four, four maybe three or four years old I remember thinking that in my little you know developing brain how were they in there? And and I distinctly remember having the sensation that I wanted to be in there with that in that box. 
I wanted to get in that box and, and do what they were doing. And, and so when I was a little boy, I picked up the guitar and I started playing it. And I don't remember it. I don't have a recollection of that. But my father, years later, told me that he walked in the room and I was sitting there and I was playing his guitar. And um, so I've been playing musical instruments since I was that age and I've been picking them up and just being able to do whatever they, they're supposed to do. And without having anybody there to kind of teach me, without having the luxury of having anybody there to teach me, I just sort of figured it out on my own. And so the, the they were, you know, my folks were lovers of music, and then, you know, my grandfathers, both of my grandfathers were incredible musicians. Uh, my uh, paternal grandfather, he, he unfortunately passed away when he was 38 years old, but he uh, he was a gifted, gifted musician. He played just about any kind of musical instrument you can you can name. He played them. And um, he, uh, you know, substance abuse and, and things kind of got the best of him. And my other grandfather, my maternal grandfather, he was also gifted musically. And, and uh, I got to spend a lot of time walking and talking with him through the years. And, and, and then he passed away when I was 18 years old. So, it, you know, I got the chance to be with him for a few minutes, you know, which was good. And uh, my, fa- my father and mother, they both passed away when they were in their early 50s. So I didn't have any of them very long, but they imparted to me a, a deep love for music. And, a, and a, they also imparted to me what it meant to, to live a good life and to be a, a good person. And that they didn't do that because they were perfect people. They, they did that because they were good people. They made a lot of mistakes. They, they had a lot of hardship and a lot of heartache in their lives. But, and they didn't always do things right as parents, for, for sure. But they did have goodness in them. And that, that was imparted to me. I, I got to watch them be kind to others, and I learned how to be kind by watching them be kind. You know, sometimes that's, well, not even sometimes, that's really what it's all about. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I was talking to um, this woman who was teaching me WordPress, and she homeschools her three children. And they, when, when I first called her today, she says, I'm walking back from the creek. And uh, she said, "Can I? may I call you in just a few minutes? I'm like, of course. And she was saying that, you know, like she said, I used to think that being able to go to these expensive seminars and personally grow was where it was really all about. And she said, you know, it's interesting. I learned so much each day by being a parent. And that wasn't even like teaching the teaching home aspect part of it. But yeah. it's like the small, I mean, our parents are our first teachers. No matter That's what right. the situation is, there are first teachers. Yeah, you know, there's a there's an old uh, Lakota um, kind of storytelling that um, was passed down from grandparent to grandchild for many, many, many generations, and the character in those stories was Itomi, and Itomi was like, in a way, the trickster, and he showed us how to live in those stories by the things that he did wrong. He was always looking for the easy way out. He was always looking to steal or to cheat or to get or to take the shortcut. He he all the things that that the stories that were told about Ikpomi when uh, to Lakota children throughout the generations were all they were comical, they were funny, they were fun, but it was always Ikpomi doing the wrong thing. And 
And so we learned by listening to those stories what not to do, how not to live. And thus, we could turn and make the right choice. And, and in some ways, I think our early teachers, our parents, our grandparents, even some of the people that are around in our, in our lives when we're growing, they become our ikhtomi. They, they become our trickster. We learn how not to live by looking at some of the mistakes that they've made. And I, I see that in my own folks, my own parents, you know. I can remember one time attending a seminar and the the instructor saying, if you want to have more compassion for your parents, look at what they learned about being parents from their parents. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and thought, oh, my. I mean, you know, my mother was one of nine children, mm-hmm. and um, my grandmother did, did not believe in welfare or anything of that nature. And so... When my mom was nine, her father left and left my grandmother with nine children. And mm-hmm. so the the whole thing was when you finished 10th grade or 9th, maybe it was, I think she went through 10th grade, but maybe it was even 9th grade. And then it was, okay, you then went to work and half of your paycheck went to the household to my grandmother and then the other half you were allowed to keep. And I mean, it was the only way. You know, it was the only way that it, and my Aunt Louise, I'll never forget this, was married for a year to my Uncle Joe. Um, I don't think I've ever told the story, definitely not on the air. But at any rate, my, my mother's oldest sister was married to her husband for a year before they told my grandmother that they were married. And the only reason they did is because then they were pregnant and it was going to be obvious. But they knew that my proud grandmother would not take the money from their household if she was married. So my Uncle Joe, Valenti, I mean, what an amazing man, you know, had a wife who went home to her mother every night so that they, the household that needed the help had it. Can you imagine? I mean, these are yeah. different times we're in nowadays. Right, yeah. I oh, know. Yeah. It's very, yeah. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, but that's, you know, that's where, you know, that's where what we do now, you know, is why it's so important. That's even more important now, you know. I, you know, one of the things that I got to do recently was, um, back in December, I uh, was honored to be able to participate in the Bigfoot Memorial Ride, which is, uh, ha- happens up north on uh, Pine Ridge, near Pine Ridge Reservation. It finishes on Pine Ridge Reservation. It starts north of there, it's, uh, near, uh, Standing Rock. And we ride on a horse for 135 miles in the winter, and we take the same route on the same days that Chief Bigfoot took when he went to escape from Standing Rock after Sitting Bull was murdered. And he took about four or 500 people with him, and, and they ended up being massacred at Wounded Knee in 1890 on December 29th. And so we take that same route and go the same way. And the thing about that is that when you're on a horse and you're riding with, you're surrounded by 100 or so of your people and, and it's freezing and it's 20 below zero and the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, and your body hurts so bad that you don't think you can take another step from that horse, but you keep going anyway, and everyone beside you keeps going anyway. And wow. you, you ride, and you know you're riding for a reason. You're riding for for this, you know, for the survival of our people, for to honor the the past and to give ourselves strength for the future. And, and here we are riding, and it's we're going out in these fields and these endless prairies in the north, you know, and 
and there's nothing but silence and the sound of your of the uh, hooves of your horse hitting the the icy ground, and and then all of a sudden you find yourself coming up on this road, and we go underneath the, the little bridge they've built for that road to go over, you know, and there's cars and they're going really fast they're on their way somewhere, and here you are on the horse, and you feel that disconnect. As you're going under that bridge, you look up and you're like, wow, you know, those cars are still going along, but here we still are. We're still here on this horse, on this prairie, on this plains, in this land that we've known forever. And it's important for these lessons of the old ways and these old times, it's important for uh, for us to learn from those things, to hold on to those things and to pass them on because we're living in a world that's increasingly losing its grip on on what's important, you know, on honor and, and sacrifice and vision and the things that matter. And so, you know, these, when I think about, you know, my music and I think about what, you know, inspired me to go up to that record player when I was four years old and look in that box and say, I want to be in there, it was something deep in me that I think has always driven me, always kind of, motivated me and, and pressed me forward is, is this desire to um, to create in a way that makes the world better, you know, that reaches out from where I sit on that horse up to that road where them cars are going by and says, oh, wait a minute, slow down, you know, slow down. It, it, where you think you're going, you may not ever even get there. And it's important to stop and and, and, you know, take a minute, breathe a little, and, and, and sink back down into the earth again because we're losing our, our connection, you know. I think that breathing is one of the things, you know, that is so important. And, you know, I was I was first introduced to breath work in 1992. And um, people, the, the, I, I, uh, it's a long story, but... This woman had written this book about breath work and babies remembering their birth. And I remember thinking, oh, this lady's a wackadoo. Okay, so then in 1990, that was in 1986, and I was, I was pregnant, ready to have a child, and I thought, and I was a nurse, remember, and um, I don't know if I, you knew that, but I'd seen all these babies born, and she did this whole thing about babies remembering birth, so I just threw the book as far as I could throw it, thinking this lady is just crackers. Well, in 1992, showed up again. And this time, I was working for a women's paper, and I, in order to sell an ad for this breathwork thing, I had to write an article. <laughs> this, was long, this was before Spirit Seeker, probably, probably about yeah. four or five years before it. So I write this okay. article, and these people keep saying, come breathe. So I, I took this breathing class, signed up for the whole program, because all I could think of after hearing the lady that I thought was nuts speak, that if breathwork could do that for me, then I wanted that. And so... Mm-hmm. I, I became a breathwork coach, and I'll never forget, and I'll just, this will be really fast. I had this guy who was a, a airplane, commercial airplane pilot who had retired, gone, gotten his counseling degree, was now in this new, new career, but he would drive his BMW motorcycle out to my house. He'd do his breathwork session, and the second breathwork session knocked him flat. Like, all of a sudden, he was, like, present with life in a whole new way, And he called me later and he said, when I went home, he said, normally I'm in the fast lane going 80 80 miles an hour. He goes, I was in the slow lane going 45 and 50 and thinking, what is wrong with these people that they're going so fast? (laughs) So 
what you just described, being on this mm-hmm. horse, being at one with how it was, and then yeah. like this total contrast of this fast-paced world. I mean, yeah. I mean I'll never forget this, this, this story, Mr. John. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, it's not how it was. It's how it still is. Yeah. What's happened is that the modern world has forgotten that. The world moves slow. Everything moves slow. Look at a flower. When it, you don't even hardly see it as it's moving to bloom. We don't, we don't see how slow things are going because we're moving so fast. We have the delusion, if you will, that, we're, that everything's moving fast too. When in truth, everything moves very slow, very slow. And the more we can connect with that pace, then the better we are and the more healthy we are and the more useful we are. It's kind of ironic. You know, people have this kind of idea that you can only get, a, get more done if you move faster. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. It, we, if, we, if we're settled and we're sitting and we're centered... We can accomplish more. Right. We don't have to move fast to do it. That's the thing. Right. I I totally get it. I yeah. just totally get it. And, you know, one of the themes we, we are tagging into a national theme since 1992 with this holistic conference. Since 1992, mm-hmm. there's been this national theme of April being Stress Awareness Month. And... You know, we're we're focusing on the rejuvenation and renewal aspect of slowing down so that the body can have this amazing pause and rejuvenation. I mean, the rejuvenation mm-hmm. and renewal happens when we pause. And so, and we've stressed in, every, in the press releases and everything else that everything from the music to just taking time out to come and and be in the energy of, and you know what these expos are like. You've been to a few, mm-hmm. and you've mm-hmm. been you've been to them all over the world. I mean, you're a mm-hmm. world traveler with these, and it's just amazing the connections and the moments that you know that are life changing that come from people coming together with this kind of consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's right. So you have been you did a European tour this last summer. What was that like? Oh, that was great. We we went to uh we've been to Ireland previously and I I fell in love with Ireland. I love it. There's only one place on earth that I consider to be as sacred as Ireland and that's where my homeland is in the northern plains, but boy Ireland is just as sacred. It is incredible. Ancient, sacred, mystical. The people are kind and slow and thoughtful and 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 uh you know, consider it, it's, it's an amazing place. So we, we, did, we were there, we did a tour of Ireland, and then from there we uh, got in a plane and flew to Norway, and I did some performing over there, and that was, that was great. That was my, really, I've done a lot of touring in different places around the world, but I've been fortunate to be in places where they at least spoke English. And uh, in Norway, uh, the people mostly speak English, but they're not very good with it. And there, you know, there are those who are, but, but there's a lot of them that aren't. But the hardest thing is that the signage and stuff is all in Norwegian, and right. so there's nothing in English. So when you go to the store to buy stuff, you can't figure out what anything is. 
it's it's really fun. So it's an adventure. So then we went, we did some shows in Norway, and uh, we were there with the guy that's the facilitator of the World Drum, and uh, he was really an incredibly gracious host, and he's an amazing guy. His name is Morten Storide, and uh, he's incredible. And uh, we met some beautiful people there. We also went to Sweden and, and uh, did some shows there. So it was it was good. It was a good it's a good uh, journey. Now, Morton was in Arkansas with the the World Drum last summer, yes? He was, and he he actually is planning to come back here when we do our our Moonwave Expo in October. He is planning for any way for the World Drum to be here, at least, and and maybe himself as well, uh, for that as well. So we'll see if we can get the World Drum here again. That would be great. That would be fabulous. So, you know, John, you've done so many things. And do you want to talk about the the new Moonwave Expo? Do you or or is this a good time to go there? Okay, so let's let's hear about this new vision. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There you go, yeah. The uh first of all I want to say before I uh, say this, uh, thank you for having me at at the uh you know, at the Spirit Seeker Holistic Living Expo. I'm really honored to be there again. It's very uh, I'm looking forward to that, and you know, it, it's you know, I'm. It's an interesting uh, shift that we're that we're experiencing that you know that we're kind of doing right now is, you know, because I've done for years, you know, I, I've always had these uh, kind of gatherings, whatever retreats, if you want to call them that, where you know we share the basic tenets, if you will, of indigenous culture and wisdom. You know, uh, we don't get too deep into anything, but we but the basic tenets, you know, are are really kind of they're broad in their scope and they're they anyone can learn from those basic tenets, you know. You don't have to participate in ceremonies and things like that to to understand the four directions, say, you know, the seven directions. To understand your place in the wheel of life and and, you know, what those directions mean and, and, and what it means to a human being. And I did that for years. And and we uh, for the first time this year uh, we will not be doing the mending medicine retreat. We've morphed it into uh, a new thing, and that new thing is called the Moonwave Expo. And we actually even have a, a, a it's a company called Moonwave, and we're kind of taking the ideas of uh, the, the kind of I call it the three braids of organic, sustainability, and holistic living. Those three braids for some reason, they find themselves in separate places. And I think that's, I don't know, probably because of Western society always wants to demarcate everything and there needs to be a category, you know? Right, right. (laughs) Well, the indigenous way is to not do that. We don't demarcate anything. Everything is in the soup together. And so when I see it, I see the three as one. They're, they're, They're tied together in a braid. So organic and sustainable and holistic are, are three parts of one thing. And so that's what we're trying to do with Moonwave is to kind of celebrate that. And so our expos, we're doing actually three of them, actually. We've got one in uh, um, that we're doing in Belleville at Still Point, which you know about Still Point. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do one there. Uh, that one's going to take place on June 28th and 29th. And, and then we've got another one in Eureka Springs, That'll be a big one that we're doing uh, on the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of October. And 
That's going to be at the convention center. And then we've got another one we're doing in Florida uh, on what, February what Florida? 7th and 8th near uh, Melbourne. Oh, nice. Which is, yeah. So we're, we're, we're working on those, all of those right now. And we're going to be incorporating, um, you know, everything from sound therapy to, you know, Chinese herbal medicine. Uh, Peggy's going to do a class on uh, you know, homemade uh, cleaners and lotions and I'll be teaching from the medicine wheel, see? So I'm going to still be there, you know, sharing those things, but we're also incorporating, you know, solar power and, you know, people who teach about beekeeping and and, and all these things in, into these expos, into these concepts, you know. And, and so, we, you know, we're, we're shifting our, you know, kind of what we do into a broader scope in a way. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's new and anything new is kind of, you know, Okay, let's see what happens, you know. <laughs> it's so interesting because 2012 when I did the, um, that's when I did the last Holistic Expo. I, I did two a year from 1996 until right. 2006. And then mm-hmm. I went through the uh, breast cancer experience and I, mm-hmm. I just knew I had too much on my plate. So what I elected right. to do was just do one a year. So from 2006 to 2012, I did one a year. But right. then in 2012, um, I was going to do one in April, and then I fractured my knee and my ankle in three spots in January. Oh, I'm telling you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when I did the the one in the summer of 2012, in my mind, I thought, "Is this my last one?" And I and right. I and I and I knew that I was going to go to Europe to see my daughter in 2013 because you know I had lost that opportunity when I broke the leg and yeah. and I knew it was very important for me to be there with her to see where she was living to see where she was teaching to see that part of her life I, I just knew it was very important and uh, my daughter's lived in Europe now for three years and mm-hmm. um, and she's not coming back anytime soon that I can see she, as a matter of fact she's now moving to Italy <laughs> so so I um, I truly just kept asking spirit for a vision you know i'm like i just need to know and and um you know and i I just knew it was right to skip 2013 but i have to tell you coming together with this one in 2014 it's it's magical it's what i heard Mm. when you describing what you're doing with your moon wave expos and Mm. this one's different john you know how it's just it's different because Mm. i'm different and because i'm different the people that are being attracted, even we have some of the same vendors, but a lot of new, and mm-hmm. it's very similar. We have we have um, all the different musicians. Each one has their way that they're doing healing work. One's working with cancer patients. One's working with autistic people. One's I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's just a different thing. And then this uh, lady who has these Tibetan bowls that were created by a family in India, and I had a mm-hmm. session with her. She she hits. They're all calibrated to the chakras, and so. I participate in a, a holistic expo every third month. I'm the featured psychic, and so this, she, this lady'd been there, and I and I never had time. I was always booked one reading after another. But this one time, I said, "I'm taking a 20 minute pause, and I'll be in the room with the lady with the bowls." And so I went in there, and she takes these bowls, and she, you know, you hear them all around you, but then she puts them next to your body where she has intuitively felt, you know, you need that to happen, and then she hits this bowl next to your body, and it vibrates through your whole body and you're like oh my gosh and after the session was over she said you know um your chest area um you might want to get some work done there of course she had no idea what had happened to in my chest area and i said well Mm -hmm. 
me, I said, my chest is pretty clear right now, and my heart's very open, so I'm just curious, what, what was it that you experienced? And she said, well, when I hit the bowl on the right side, it was just totally different. And I said, oh, that's because that's a sack of fluid there, saline, that looks like a breast, <laughs> but it's just a fake little breast. And she started laughing. But, you know, she, she had no idea, but she knew that it was yeah. different. And, mm-hmm. But I had this, like, experience after just 20 minutes of this bowl, these bowls, and I thought, if 20 minutes can do that and shift my reality to that level, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's what you're talking about, just stopping, just stopping. Right. And that was like this gift in the middle of doing reading after reading, and I'd read at a party the night before, and I was like, Cindy Meyer, you better slow down, and you deserve mm-hmm. those 20 minutes. And it was just yep. fabulous. And so so that's what happened. So listeners, it's, it's, you know, every expo is different. We have 12 featured speakers, and you are teaching a workshop, which I want to segue into in a moment. But, but what mm-hmm. I can tell you is John Two Hawks will be playing this fabulous music, and we're going to listen to one of his songs. Why don't we do that now? And then when we come back, we'll talk about the workshop. So which song would you like my wonderful Mr. Nate, the producer, to play at this point? <laughs> I would. Let's let's go ahead and do that. Uh, Night of the Soul. I think that's a good one. Okay, so this is Night of the Soul that we are going to yeah. be hearing. And okay. um, Nate, shall we be quiet now? Night of the Soul, mm. and it's just, 
I mean, it's just magical. I mean, mm. so you make, you compose all of your own music. You do, you create your own flutes. You have carved your own flutes. I mean, I don't even know. How many flutes do you have? Do you have any idea? <laughs> well, at last count, I had over 60 of them. And just uh, just just for just because I need to be fair to the people that that do that do create the flutes, I don't actually make any of them. Um, I have actually made one flute so that I can say I know how to do it, but uh, I, I I wouldn't have time to make a flute, to be honest with you. Um, and plus, it's just not what I'm what I'm what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, you know. But but so there are a lot of different makers represented in the flutes that I have in my studio. But they're all unique and special. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Every one of them is. Every one of them is like a family member, and they all have their own personality, their own quirks, their own things they will do and things some others won't do. And they're, they have their own textures, their own feeling. It's, you know, it's a, I consider it a privilege to be able to have, that, have a, enough flutes that I can have most... Uh, I can have every key that I need and sometimes several flutes in the same key and that helps me when I'm working on film uh, you know music scores and stuff like that and working with uh, symphonies or orchestras and when I'm working in uh, compositional arrangements because I can play pretty much any key I want on my keyboard my uh, synthesizers or my guitars or whatever I'm using I can be whatever key I need to be because I have a flute for that and so it works out very nicely musically beautiful so, um, John, you are teaching a workshop, and this will mm-hmm. be um, at 12.15 at the Spirit Seeker Expo, and the title is A Life of, Pur- of Life of Purpose, A Lakota Perspective. Yeah. So can you tell us just a little bit about what we can anticipate in that workshop? Sure. First of all, I am going to be sharing uh, a little bit of flute during that workshop, too. I'm going to be uh, using the flute. Uh, to accent the things that I'm going to be sharing just a little, so that'll be that'll be a part of it. The three the three kind of pivot points, if you will, that that I I'm going to be uh, speaking on are going to be uh, the importance of honor, sacrifice, and vision. And I'm going to speak on how those virtues uh, matter so much to Lakota and American Indian people in general, but specifically Lakota people, and how they really matter to everybody. And like I was saying earlier about being on the horse and the highway going over, you know, the more we can get ourselves out of that car and off that highway and sit down on the ground, the closer we find ourselves to honor, sacrifice, and vision. Those three things are very important to a life lived with purpose. And what that means to a life well lived, and and so I'm going to be speaking on those three issues, on those three virtues, and what the what the wisdom is that comes from those 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 virtues, and from the Lakota perspective, how we see honor, and how it shaped our culture, and how it continues to shape our culture to this day. Sacrifice, uh, how it how it how much it matters to to make a sacrifice to Lakota people, how much it matters to us. And to have a vision, to have a life vision, how important that is to your life and, and 
how, how much it matters to our people to have that vision. And, and in doing so, my hope is to impart to other people that are there how important those things are to, to them. And, you know, if we, have, if we live a life of honor, we make, make those sacrifices that we need to make when we need to make them. And we seek out a vision for our life that has purpose and meaning and, and seek it out diligently. You know, we have in, in Lakota, we say, which means to cry for a vision. And that was a, what we what is commonly now known as a vision quest. But we call it Hamblechiapi. And it means to go to the mountain and be alone and be up there for three or four days and nights. And usually, you know, without any uh, protection from the elements. And you're there without any, you know, food or water. And you pray and you cry for a vision. You literally cry because you know how important it is to have that vision for your life. And so when we have those three things as human beings, boy, the world is a different place to live in then, you see, because then we keep our word with each other because we understand the power of honor. We, we, we want to, not only do we want to keep our word, but we also want to show ourselves as, as, as a good person, as a dignified person, you know. Just one small example that I'll share with you now is in the old times, uh, in Lakota culture, when a man was not a good husband, his wife had the right to put all of his things outside of the, the teepee. When he came back from the hunt, and his stuff would be sitting there. And that was his message that this is, it's over. And his responsibility at that point to, because his honor had been, uh, had been marred by that. And so his responsibility was to take those belongings quietly and take them somewhere else. If and when his former wife took on a new husband, the responsibility of the man who she had left was to bring that new man horses. You see? Because that is a way for him to show that maybe he was a bad husband to her, but he is still a man of honor. You see? And there was nothing more important to our people in that time, and there's nothing more important to our people now than to be a person of honor. And so if we can learn that in today's world, if we can learn the power of honor and learn that it's not about always being right, it's about being right with yourself, you see. And if we can learn that, and we can learn what it means to make a sacrifice, you know, to be on a horse for 135 days, for example, and ride, you know, in the... In, in the blistering, freezing cold and, and suffering and pain and all of that, to pray, <laughs> to make a prayer, you know. If we can learn that, we can learn about how important it is to seek out what my gift is, what am I good at, what did the Creator put me here for, What what is my talent, what am I here for. If we can learn that and then we can figure out what our vision is, what our life path is, what am I supposed to do with these gifts or this gift that Creator gave me so that I can make the world better before I go again, before I slip out of this body. If we can learn those three things, and if humanity around the world could begin to learn those things, culturally and nationally, and even in our communities, we change the whole world. It changes everything. And that's that's so that's where I'm going to be coming from, and there's a lot more there, of course. 
So that's a little uh, kind of, you know, sneak peek. <laughs> so, so listeners, you're getting a taste of, of what this Spirit Seeker Expo is all about. It's... Um, it's just a magical time where people come together and share their from their heart, whether it's performing a song like you just heard or teaching a lecture or, you know, offering your wisdom, you know, with, with the classes or whatever it is. It's it's just all part of it. But you know, John, I want I want to share, I just want to read this saying that someone, you know, you know how Facebook is, you get these things. And this is by the Dalai Lama. And I just love this. It was, you know, from a friend yesterday. And the Dalai Lama said, said, man surprised me most about humanity because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he is never going to die and then dies having never really lived. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Mm. That's the best thing I've heard from the Dalai Lama yet. <laughs> you know, he said a lot of know, good stuff. I know, but it's like yeah, the, this one. is it. You know, Eckhart Tolle who said the present, the, the, this moment, this is the present, this is the gift. You know, and right. what's amazing to me is you can be anywhere in the world, I can be anywhere in the world, and through this podcast we can come together, and people mm-hmm. anywhere in the world once it's finished, can listen and have this this mana from heaven, so to speak, this this beautiful, you know, knowledge or just inspiration, you know, which inspire, the word inspire and inspiration comes and it means breathe, you know? Right. So we're here for this journey and um I don't know, I just think it's I just think it's a beautiful journey and I'm just so grateful. So grateful, mm-hmm. you know, to be doing mm-hmm. doing this this purpose, you know? Right. And um, I don't know. So I think we should listen to another one of your beautiful songs. Which one do you think we should listen to now? <laughs> I just, oh, I just love this. Oh, I don't know. How about let's do a little Reverie? Okay. You have that one on the right. cue list? I think so. Let me see. That one's about vision. That last one um, there, the night of my soul, have, was about, you know, about what it means to go through the valley, you know. I don't see that when I see ballerina, cup of peace for grace. How about ballerina? Because my okay, wife yeah. loves that song. It's one of her favorites. Okay. okay. And we're going to have one of Peggy's poems in our April issue, so I'm excited about yes. that, too. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. All right. So here we are. We're going to hear ballerina.
That is beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. You see why Peggy loves us so much there, huh? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And we um, we haven't even talked about your voice. When did you find out that you had a voice, Mr. John? <laughs> oh, well, when I was really young, my I actually had a recording uh, that was uh, taken when I was five years old. I'm going to put it on a CD someday, but it's a recording. My father is playing the guitar, and he's playing the song, You Are My Sunshine. And I'm singing to it when I was five years old. And oh, so you hear impression. me you hear me singing this little boy voice and uh there's a funny part where my father stops playing and you hear me and I say, But daddy, I know the rest You know. So it's pretty cute, you know. So I I started singing when I was really young and, and that's one of the things that I love doing more than anything. And you know, so I got to do a lot of that on this latest album, you know, which was good. It was a uh, it's nice to be able to share my voice, you know. The flute is, we consider it to be, you know, it's called sometimes the cousin to the human voice because it has very similar kind of nuance in it. It's just beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. So Thank you. All these, all these different things, you're a comp- composer, you definitely are a musician, you're a speaker, you're a singer, you're a visionary, you're a performer, yet, you know, you've worked with orchestras, you've worked with movies, you've worked with so many different things, and now you have this new work coming in. What do you feel, oh, this is probably a crazy question, but, I, and, and out of all of it, is there one, like, there was, was there a turning point with any of these where you just went, oh, you know, those... There's a book actually called Cosmic Consciousness where you have this cosmic moment where you are just so like knowing that you're in the right groove, so to speak. Mm. You probably had several. (laughs) Yeah, I had a few of those moments. (laughs) Yes, yes. yes. Uh, the, the, The two things that stand out for me that I feel when I'm, you know, when I feel that, like what you're talking about, where you feel like you're in the zone and you know this is what I'm supposed to be doing, um, is either when I'm performing music um, and I get in that space, uh, that's one of the times when I feel that. So I know that that music, uh, performing and playing and creating music is, is definitely something that I've always felt from the time I was really little. And... Then the other thing is when I'm sharing with folks, when I'm in front of people and I'm sharing and I'm able to communicate, that's something that I've had that experience as well when I'm speaking and I feel like I'm, I slip into this place where it's it's not so much me, it's the spirit moving and and the spirit is, is kind of working through and then I, I feel myself in that place where I'm in the zone. And I feel like that's another tool, another another gift that Creator has has uh, given in order to share with people. And so I I feel like the speaking and the the performance of music are the two things that that the Creator kind of put me on Earth for, if you will. Mm-hmm. I understand totally. You know, and it's just I don't know. It's just heartwarming, you know, to hear all the different things. I know that. You know, I've just experienced you in several different locations and times throughout, you know, our journey together, so to speak. I mean, I'll never forget in the Belleville, that auditorium, I think Sandy, 
I, I forget who put that on, but Sandy mm-hmm. Little Lizard or somebody. But remember, she brought all those kids from the school. That was that Christmas concert that you did. It was in, yeah. I think it was in 2003 or something like that, or 2004, sure. right around. It was a long time ago. But I just remember all that, somehow they blessed 50 children from the elementary schools or whatever. And all of a sudden, here are these children seeing you up on stage. And it was, you know, your your beautiful music as well as the Christmas music. And then, you know, you do all the sound effects and you have, the, like, the smoke. And, I mean, it's just, the, I just remember those children just, like, yeah. you could just see them in wide-eyed, like, oh, my gosh, they probably never experienced anything like it, you know. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it was just fabulous, just fabulous. Yeah. So, Definitely. well, I... I'm going to talk just a, just a, a moment. Um, I want to just mention that we do have a keynote speaker that is coming in for our holistic conference, um, Margaret Ann Limbo, who has written a number of books on chakra awakening and using crystal therapy. And her most recent book is How to Teach Children About Crystals and the Earth. And her whole intent and purpose behind doing this was as we teach the children, the parents are learning because so many people just really don't know the magic of what the earth has to offer. And um, I actually had a session with Margaret, but had been in her store in Florida without realizing it in 2006. And then I met her in 2012, and I just went, oh, or actually I met her in 2013, and I just went, oh my gosh, you're the same person. I was in your store. I remember buying crystals. And um, so she's a fascinating lady, and uh, mm-hmm. she makes elixirs, and she takes sage and puts it in a spray. And it's, I use that now in almost all my feng shui consultations versus the burning of the sage. I mean, sometimes I'll still do that. But she's coming in um, and, and speaking. She's our keynote speaker, and then she'll be here for the day before teaching her crystal certification class uh, and then on Monday night teaching how to cut uh, cords uh, from people and situations that are something that you no longer choose to carry along with you and so she teaches mm-hmm. a technique so I'm excited to have Margaret Ann Limbo come in she's just like this funny person she's she's happy John I mean you know even mm-hmm. with things you know I mean, she works with a lot of stuff but she maintains that that happiness mm-hmm. quotient and, um, yeah. and there will be more than 12 lectures there will be music throughout the whole day and there is just one thing from another the whole day um, so that's mm-hmm. enough of that and you know John anything else you know we still have a few more minutes and I want to play one more song but um, anything else you want to want to share? Just about anything, just whatever you want to share with us. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, you brought up earlier, you know, about what we're doing with this new concept with Moonwave and stuff, you know. And if it's all right with you, I'd like to at least give people the chance to know where to find out more information. Is sure, that all right sure. with you? Absolutely. Uh, we, we're one of your sponsors. Okay. Yes. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Spirit Seeker <laughs> is one of our sponsors for sure. And and you've uh, been, you've you know, I appreciate that, and it means a lot to us when we have support and, and you know, friends in, in, you know, the right places, if you will. And yeah. so, if, you know, if there are people who, you know, are interested in seeing more about it or want to have a booth or want to, um, you know, talk about maybe doing a class there, you know, or whatever, um, they can find us at our website. We have a website. It's moonwaveco. That's moonwaveco.com, and that's where they can even you know, they can even buy a booth there if they want to. It's all there for the taking. So, and uh, we just really want to get people out for that, you know, and uh, support each other, you know. 
Right, um, and, and they'll have a booth at the expo, and um, yeah. you know Peggy sent the information in, and so that's all. The Spirit Seeker Expo website will be live by yes. um, sometime tomorrow. Yay! Awesome. We've had a website for it. Yes, 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 yes. And that's what I was learning the WordPress on. I had to make the final um, changes. And uh, it's the best way to go because when it's in WordPress, the search engines find the words. And, yeah. you know, we, uh, we've we had the Expo website that way for a few years, but we're trying to merge that in with everything else with what Spirit Seeker is doing. So it's just, yeah. just technology, John, and normally I have my people do it. But you know what? Cindy Meyer has to learn since we're putting the magazine that way. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so there will be information on, uh, on that at, at the conference and so you can go to spiritseeker.com sometime tomorrow right now you know um just it's all over the place it's in the magazine there was like four pages on it in our um in our march issue but um but there'll be a lot more you'll be able to see the schedule of the musicians and the schedule of the speakers and all the wonderful vendors we have over 70 vendors that will be participating so okay has never been to uh, spirit seekers holistic living expo it's i've been there once before and i can't tell you it's a very very special event with very special people so Come on out! It's, uh, I look forward to meeting everybody that comes and and show Cindy and everybody at Spirit Seekers some love and come on out. Yeah, the first hundred people who register online and prepay get uh, you bring you. The first hundred people are going to get a gift right back. The minute you prepay online, you're going to get a pass to the Missouri Botanical Gardens or to the Butterfly House or to the. Um, Oh, the the center that they have uh, out west, which isn't too far from mm-hmm. St. Louis. It's a, a place that you can walk, an arboretum. So you you pay $7 to get in, but you get an $8 Missouri Botanical Pass back. And then we have um, we have a silent auction that is going to be benefiting Safe Connections, which is mm-hmm. one of the oldest um, not-for-profits that uh, works in the area of sexual abuse and domestic violence. And so they work... Uh, they work with survivors of that, but they're also going into schools and teaching um, young men and women what can be done to like circumvent this from happening in the first place. And so, a lot of they're, they're doing really good works with education and, and prevention, as well as a safe place for people who have experienced that. So, the silent auction will totally benefit that. Then we also have a door prize that someone will win, and that fabulous door prize. Um, is a weekend in St. Louis, and they're, uh, it's at the Embassy Suites for two nights, and then there will be all kinds of other stuff, baseball tickets, dinner things, so you can actually experience a weekend in St. Louis. So we're kind of excited about that. So people are just really being very generous and making this a uh, extra special thing to, to bless everyone who's coming together. Okay, so John, what we're going to do is, uh, and by the way, spiritseeker.com, all the information is there. So um, we have a choice. I'm, I'm torn between to know you, our cup of peace, and we'll just play this um, as we're as we're saying uh, good night for the evening, which one do you think? Oh boy! Well, how about you know, "Cup of Peace" is a, is one of the is is one of the few songs on the album that doesn't have a flute. How about that? Little little okay. uh, little, it's got a little Celtic feel to it. Okay, so I will say good night, my friend, and I will yeah, see you night. before we know it. But. Yeah. Um, Please, everyone, give yourself the gift of we're going to play the full song here. So just stay a moment and just experience this wonderful song. And thank you, John, from my heart to yours. And please say hello to Peggy. I'll see you I soon. I will do. Thank you, Cindy. Thank okay. you. Blessing. All right. Blessing. 